I don't know if he knows the thing. Love Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt.
uh, he could open a video store, really, with what he's got in his house. If, if I'm sitting here looking at his collection, and it's fucking insane. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, really, Tony Maffiello got me into this. Uh, he's I've been friends with him for years, and, um, yeah, he's shown me a lot of really interesting things. <laughs> and, Tony, what got you addicted? Um, well, you know, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, and that was kind of the big video boom, and uh, immediately I, I gravitated towards horror films and quickly became obsessed, and I think like a lot of horror fans, as you're going around trying to watch every horror movie ever made, you know, you come across these shot on video movies and you go, this is kind of weird, you know, this is kind of different, you know, and uh, I know a lot of people, myself probably included, probably the first time I saw one, I was like, oh gosh, this looks like crap, you know, this looks like a home video camera, but as I started to watch more of them, I really started to see the passion for the genre, the love that's put in these films, the great creative plots, the twists, you know, they do a lot of crazy stuff in shot on video films you'll never see in a mainstream film. And uh, that pretty much, yeah, kind of started my obsession and actually, you know, inspired me to do what I do today. So, What about you, Adam? What was the point you got addicted? Um, I've, I've been into horror since I was a toddler pretty much. I mean, I'm probably about the same age as Tony. I'd, I really didn't have access to a lot of underground movies. I just, I got to see whatever was at uh, the local grocery stores, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. But I'd say like the first one that got really got me was uh, Mermaid in the Manhole, the, the Guinea Pig series. Mm-hmm. That was probably the first Ooh. actual shot on video movie I saw. It's still one of my mm-hmm. favorites to this day, actually. Yeah. That was the first uh, Guinea Pig movie I got there, Gorefeld, as well. I love that one. Well, that yeah, was the first right. one to come out here legit because that was the first one that was an actual ver- movie with plot out of the guinea pig series. Uh, well, I mean, the guinea pig series, all of them kind of have plots. I mean, the fr- the first one really, you know, it's it's more of pseudo snuff, but uh, a few of them kind of. Well, have one plots, and two you know, are basically just the whole. Hey, we're going to take a girl and beat the shit out of her for an hour. <laughs> and we're going to cause Charlie Sheen to call the FBI. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was a great story when I first heard about that one. Uh huh. That was all over the hard copy. <laughs> I always wanted. To, I always fantasized about give, like just coming up to him and just giving him a copy of uh, Flower of Flesh and Blood. I mean, like, here you go. <laughs> Right. Get him to sign one now. That'd be cool. Yeah, I want yeah. him to sign one plus plus a T-shirt. <laughs> what I like well, well, I, uh, when uh, what's his name? Who's doing the new ones? Stephen Biro. Yeah. yeah, Biro put out the box set for the first time for the second mm-hmm. film as a bonus as a bonus feature. He put out. A crappy VHS copy of it, so you could see why in the hell would he mistake a no-budget Japanese snuff gore film 
for an actual snuff film. <laughs> well, yeah, you can only get that on the bootleg circuits. I mean, that's how I, I first got it, was a, a bootleg at the store near us that used to sell bootleg tapes. And was just like, what the hell is this guinea pig mermaid in a manhole? This sounds crazy. <laughs> it looks crazy from the cover. but yeah. And, I mean, most of those bootlegs, yeah, they didn't look too great, you know. Well, that's like yeah, I got you probably it. got fifth generation. Like, hey, I got me a brand new first generation. And then you would sell it or trade it to a couple of your friends, and then they would copy it. Second generation looks kind of crappy, but eh. And then we got yeah. third generation, which would look like crap. Orders a certain spot in each movie that the person who had owned the videotape would watch over and over and over again. And then you would get the white spot. That's where you would see movies like uh, Blue Velvet and the nudie scene in it with Isabella Rossellini. You'd rent a videotape of it, but that nude well, scene not. was kind of blurry <laughs> from being watched. I think any uh, guy who was a teenager back then can be uh, accused of uh, ruining a few scenes that way in tapes. <laughs> I know I probably can. Yeah, I used to make when I was a little kid. I used to make my own compilations off HBO at night. My parents nice. were asleep. Hey. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> That's probably the first movie I ever made, technically. <laughs> <laughs> But really what started the SOV market was uh, what I call the big dick thing. Every video store would be like, hey, I've got more titles than they do. I've got 200 titles. Yeah, i got 250 titles. Well, once you start really getting a lot of titles, you're going to go through the mainstream releases. And then there are the guys like, uh, you guys, SOB Horror and Gorefields, they're like, oh, we'll give you $20 for like 20 of your tapes so we could just fill out our shelves. Okay, you going to pay us money? Yeah. And that's really yeah. where the market started. Well, and it really, too, it was a lot of, you know, uh, backyard filmmakers who were making their movies and, you know, would actually contact the, the stores themselves and sell them. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely a small kind of uh, shot-on-video kind of scene erupted, you know, especially in the in the early 90s, people like J.R. Bookwalter with his alternative cinema magazine, Hugh Gallagher with Draculina. And you started, you know, people would start selling those directly to stores as well as directly to customers. And, uh, I mean, it was great. That was the best thing about the mom and pop stores. You know, you didn't get a lot of SOV and Blockbuster and stuff like that. There was a couple, you know, like every Blockbuster pretty much had a copy of Feeders or Addicted to Murder, you know. But yes. other than that, you weren't really seeing much SOV and Blockbuster. You had to go to the mom and pops, you know. Yeah. Uh Feeders. <laughs> or Breeders, <laughs> which was uh, from Charles Mann's SOV company. He actually had I two of them. Of that 
what he did was uh, Vestron is where he put out his A-list stuff. Wizard is where he put out his Z-list stuff. If you've seen a movie on Wizard tape, you pretty much knew to stay far away. Oh, I, I don't agree at all. Wizard uh, was the first company to put out a lot of the great Italian horror films, as well as I, I think uh, they were the first to put out a chainsaw, if I'm correct. I spit on your grave. Yeah, I'm, I mean, talking your, I'm talking that era you're talking about from 85 to 90 on. Uh, yeah, Wizard and Mita was band's first one, and they were the first ones to put out gore and violent horror. They were the only company putting out that crap on VHS. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree, but <laughs> there's uh, quite a few companies that, you know, were doing uh, horror back then. Horror no, really, books, 80 I mean, and 81, Mita and Wizard Video were the only ones putting out stuff like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I spit on your grave. Uh, they had, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Continental had the H.G. Lewis films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm old, so I was there in the middle of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just yeah out. he. You can definitely tell Gore's a '90s guy because he's definitely been inspired by the German scene. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All that stuff, violent shit, Burning Moon, like, those are personal Mm -hmm. favorites of mine. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I think the first time anyone sees violent shit, they go, oh my god, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a life-changing moment. I know it was for me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely, especially part two. Part two, I actually saw first. Cause that's the one I wanted. Sure. Everyone told me, oh, oh, that's, gotcha. that's the most fucked up one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll see that first. Yeah, Necromantic was uh, the tape that you kept so you could fuck up your straight friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was film, too. I think that's, uh, was that 8mm or 16mm? Yeah, 8mm, but still, yeah. they went straight to video without no... Uh, Theatrical release. Right. Well, yeah, I think it's threat. No. Right. Yeah, plus the censorship in Germany was fucked up, too, because I think they had a hard time even putting it out in, their, in, in his own country. They right. were trying to, to burn every copy that came out. That's what I like to so what he had to do is that the German distributors of this film took his movie outside of Germany and then sold it in their non-German companies back into Germany <laughs> into the imports. Is that the only way they could do it? Yeah. yeah. Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, really, because even the first shot on video film was a theatrical release. Well, there's many boarding houses. And there's quite a few that yeah. actually got theatrical releases even after that. I mean, we just watched uh, Dirty Cop No Donut, uh, you know, the Tim Ritter film, 
which was 98, and even that had a small theatrical run and was reviewed by the New York Times and Variety. I mean, so it's kind of interesting, the ones that did uh, get some theatrical, but typically, you know, they're always small runs, you know. I had Wine Coop on my show, and he told me a fucked up story about filming Dirty Cop No Donuts. Oh, I want to know. <laughs> you know that scene where he walks into the little, little like get and go market? Yeah. And is just yep. staring down that guy that worked at the counter with a do- uh, eating yeah. a donut, and the guy's just basically pissing his pants. Yeah. The guy didn't know that they were making a movie. No. So he thought that there was just this crazy guy in a cop suit staring at him. It almost felt that way. Like he just walked into a store and was like, (laughs) I don't know. Well, that's what's great about that movie is it's such guerrilla filmmaking, and you can tell it's pretty much, you know, Tim following Joel around with a camera. Yeah. And uh, those two uh, just uh, coming up with crazy scenarios. Yeah, it was, he basically, they basically said that was their version of a fucked up episode of Fox. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah. Joel D. Winecoop is so fucking entertaining, too. That, like, he's very engaging. Uh, I love him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like to call him the John Carradine of SOV horror. Yeah. <laughs> That fits. Because he's, he's just in so much, and he, he d- always brings it. You know, he always does a great performance. Oh, yeah. Let me get you guys, don't let me forget to get you guys my uh, Halloween story uh, episode of last year. I got Wine Coop reading a story on it, and, God, he just kills it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Joel's the coolest. But we what shocked me when I first seen Warding House is that the damn thing is two hours long and nothing happens. <laughs> well, that's probably that DVD cut. There was that new DVD director's cut that's like two hours long, and yes, it is uh, very tedious. No, I seen it on videotape on media. Well, no, the first tape is Paragon. I got the Paragon tape, and that's okay. only probably like an hour, 30, hour, 40. It's well, not it two hours. Like, it does I mean, seem I'll like, I'll do yes. that movie. This is politically <laughs> uncomfortable. I was watching it, and the girls were flirting with him, throwing at him, and he was ignoring them. And in my mind, well, I said to myself, the director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. And in my mind, I said to myself, is he a homosexual? I mean, he's not even registering this. Well, no, he's he's married to the main actress in that film, uh, Clouseau. Yeah. That's his wife. They, they actually have a, a weird kind of band. I can't think of the name of it right now, but they're pretty interesting. And those two were definitely characters for sure. Yeah, but what made it funny is 20 more minutes after I thought that in the movie, the punk rock girl looked at the other girls and goes, is he a fag? I've never seen him flirt back with any of the girls. (laughs) (laughs) My God, the movie's acknowledging (laughs) my thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I saw the interview with them where they were saying that it was uh, supposed to be originally a horror spoof, but the producers made them edit it down to where it would look like an actual horror movie. You know, they say that, Gord, and I honestly question that story myself. Uh, you know, uh, it kind of, you see that director's cut, and I still don't see really what they were trying to uh, say spoof-wise. Like I said, those two were kind of characters, and I kind of question yeah. it because, I mean, the movie is kind of known for not being a great film, let's face it. <laughs> and I think, you know, they probably just embraced that title. I mean, I, I don't know for a fact, but that's just, that's kind of what I've always gathered. I, I never quite bought that it was supposed to be a horror spoof. Right. It's just too Yeah, insane. I kind of didn't believe it either. Yeah. yeah it's just... I mean, poor, you're a no-budget filmmaker. How many times have you seen someone make a shit movie, and then when people make fun of it, they go, why, yes, I planned it that way. Yeah. <laughs> too many. Oh, I can it. Well, yeah. I think some of the best ones are the ones where they don't plan it that way, and they're, like, still very serious about their intention, but it's fucking funny. <laughs> I don't know, like... Uh, yeah, just un- well, yeah, unintentionally good. bad is good. Can be yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, ultimately, you know, in my opinion, you can say a movie's bad because of production values or whatever, you know, bad acting, whatnot, but were you entertained at the end of the day? That's ultimately right. what I look for in a movie. Yeah. You know, I can look past bad acting, bad special effects. If it's fun, you know, if I have a good time watching it, then it's yeah. a good movie to me, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. if it costs, you know, five cents to make and uh, sure. was shot, you know, even on a flip phone or something. You know, if it's entertaining, yeah. it's entertaining. Yeah. If you can engage yes. somebody in any sort of way, even if it's just purely making them uncomfortable. Sure. It's, that's yeah. something. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't like boring movies. Like, it it could be entertaining exactly. on no budget. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, uh, my favorite SOV movie and director of the 80s has to be the great Chester Novel Turner. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made, some, he made some good movies. Yeah. Uh, I had I him on the show, and by the time the show was over, I was in love with this guy. He is just so... <laughs> Awesome. No, Chester's awesome. I actually, I've, I've spoken to his brother Keith on the phone, who was the voice of yeah. the Black Devil doll, and he's a real nice yeah. guy. We were lucky to get him to even get to talk to Chester. You got to go through his sister, and who's you got to go through his sister and daughter, who's his agent. Right. Does anybody know who started the rumor that he died in a car crash in '96? Yeah, so, no, that so was... for a long time it was thought he, uh, there was a rumor circulating, yes, that he had died, but uh, he's he's alive. He's actually, uh, he said he was making a new movie. I thought he was making a sequel to Quad Ed Zone, but I haven't heard any updates yeah. on that in time. Well, yeah, because I, I heard well, that rumor. And... I got a month ago, he, uh, I am me and my co-host Carl. And he said that we're almost done. I'm finishing editing. You'll be out soon. Oh, great. Awesome. Nice. I can't wait for it. Love his work. I actually cut on the DVD set put out by Massacre Video. Uh, I edited together those uh, interviews with Chester and uh, Shirley L. Jones, which was really cool. 
That's how I found out he wasn't dead. When I saw it, when I got the box set, yeah. I was like, he's not fucking dead. That's a new interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I can tell you started it. It was IMDb. <laughs> yeah, that's where I saw reviews that were saying, oh, unfortunately, he died in a car crash in 96. Right. More than one person has said that. Like a lot of people, actually. Now, yeah. that's the internet I've never trusted though, right? anything I've got on <laughs> internet sources unless I can get verification from someone that I truly trust. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Just something you don't usually lie about. Like nobody's saying no. like I die. Like people dying in car crashes pretty often. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I even have a line from uh, Black Devil Dog from Hell yeah. is My Alarm to Wake Myself Up in the Morning. Oh, gotcha. We probably up, know what it is. <laughs> wake up. Bitch. Bitch. Wake up, bitch. Bitch. Wake up. <laughs> well, we made a, we made a, one of the segments in our movie, uh, Zombrella's House of Horrors, is a segment called The Doll, which is kind of our little. Uh, homage to Black Devil Doll from Hell, and uh, yeah, there's definitely some hot puppet action in that one. <laughs> yeah, that's what it made me think of. That's definitely what, what I thought of when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and as I told Zombarella, you guys need to see this because I love how he. They don't make it in. They could have really gone easily and make it made it an anthology film. But no, yeah. you know what they do? They make it like you found the episode of this fucked up public access late night <laughs> cable horror show with commercials and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we try to make it kind of like a USA Up All Night, which was a really big show for me in my youth, you know. It was kind of the inspiration yeah, me too. Well, uh, we I know who in the room has a leg and foot fetish now. Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we know who in this room has a leg and foot foot, foot fetish now. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, come on. Anyone who liked Rhonda Shear in the 80s had a leg and foot fetish. The girl made yeah, a million yeah. bucks off of those videos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I still got my Rhonda Shear uh, up all night uh, trading card set. <laughs> love Rhonda Shear. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, don't understand why people love them because the movies were cut. Huh? The movies were cut. Yeah, the movies were cut, but let's face it, for a lot of us, I know, like myself, I think that was the first time I saw Toxic Avenger. That was the first yeah. time I saw a lot of those uh, great 80s sex comedies that I was way too young to watch back then. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, that, that shaped my love for B-movies was, was that yeah. show, you know. And Up All Night came out right after uh, the movie channel canceled Joe Bob. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I got to love Joe Bob. Of the, patri- the patron saint. Oh, drive uh-huh. in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, young, the younger kids below your age really don't understand how good we had it in the 80s and 70s. We had, like, uh, let's see, Joe Bob, Up All Night, 
Skinamax. Oh yeah, that was a big one too. And you guys had, had all like the Spice Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Spice Channel. <laughs> we had scrambled porn. Oh yeah, yep, um, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I am guilty of watching <laughs> the, that scrambled porn. Like, wait, I saw a titty. Well, don't forget, Joe Bob was the only one who showed SOB Horror on his show on Movie Channel. Did he? What what did he? What SOB did he show on there? Uh, The Dead Next Door, Boarding House. uh, uh, Breeders. Dead Next Door is Super Eight. Breeders is sixteen millimeter. And, you know, that's the thing about shot on video is there's a lot of misconceptions of what films are shot on video and what films aren't shot on video. And you, you still hear a lot of people kind of uh, misquote films are shot on video when they're not. Yeah. You know. And that's because what they would do back then, especially okay, the low-budget companies. Sorry. So, say, say, like a, say like a Charles Band, you know, they, they would shoot on, like, cheap film stock sometimes, 16 millimeter, but then they'd edit on video opposed to editing on film, which would give it that more video-type look. So, I mean, some of those movies, well, it is kind of hard to tell. The that, you can tell uh, he shot is uh, film scratches, you know. Yeah. Tim Kincaid has said that he shot breeders on super high, 16-millimeter high-quality VHS. Breeders? I don't know. Yeah, the one about the that whole movie is girls dancing around naked for 20 minutes. Well, and I then... know breeders. I know breeders. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 16 millimeter on that one. Yeah, well, what did I just say? Super 16 said, millimeter high quality VHS. You said super 16 millimeter VHS. That's not even a, a real format, I don't believe. <laughs> they used to shoot it yeah, uh, in a quarter inch or a half inch VHS. But one of those where it cost you like 20 or 30 bucks a tape. Yeah, I don't know about that. Mm. But yeah, we the late 80s, 90s when we started getting DTV and sadly, that's when the studios took over the direct-to-video market. Yeah, I mean, the little guys were still really doing good, though, in the 90s. I mean, you look at the early 90s, you had companies like Salt City, you had, uh, you know, Cinema Home Video, you had the new uh, EI, which became, uh, you know, uh, EI Independent Cinema, which became Alternative Cinema, uh, Brimstone Productions, you know, the Twisted Illusion stuff. I think that early 90s was actually probably a peak of SOV and really the peak of them getting good distribution in video stores and stuff. Well, look at all the directors they had in the early 90s. I'm sorry? Look at the quality of the directors they had in the early 90s. Oh, great, yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, Jared Bookwalter, Todd Sheets, Hugh Gallagher, I mean, the Polonia brothers, I mean... Lee Fjonniker, uh A lot of good stuff. Scooter McCray. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. If you haven't let her see Shatterdead or Sixteen Tongues, you're a bad person. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think she's seen either of those yet, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely get Zombarella on those. Uh, I know she'll love them. I'm a big Shattered Dead fan myself. Did you get to see uh, 16 Tones in the six weeks the DVD was out? Uh, I have a copy of it, actually, but I have not seen it. Not going to lie. <laughs> so oh. one of the many movies on my shelf that uh, i got to get to there. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen really Tons is very, very messed up. It's about a society where they live in overstimulation. There's even an ice machine in there that basically has a girl with her spread legs, a girl with spread legs, and in the middle it says, reach in and cool down. <laughs> and all the TV play porn for 24 hours. And it's about two assassins who fight each other. One who has... 22 clits put inside oh. her eyelids. So whenever she blinks, she has an orgasm. Oh. Huh. I don't know <laughs> if that's good or bad. <laughs> and uh, the other one is a black guy who has the skin of 16 tongues. Uh, from guys that he failed to save from a bomb blast, used as a skin graft on him. So basically, every time he touches something, it's like a giant overstimulation, and it causes him to go slightly insane. Huh. <laughs> the hell of a plot. I gotta get this movie. <laughs> yeah, Scooter McCray does not make normal. I mean, even Shatterdead is about. An angel who ends up screwing a woman, and because of that, God gets pissed off and shuts down heaven, and nobody dies anymore. Is he there? We're here. Sorry. I'm still, um, oh. Yeah, that will knock you on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Steve, is your last name pronounced Ronquil? What? Is your last name Ronquil? How do you say it? Ronquil. Ronquil. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. I was wondering. I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, Ron Kill's a sick fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we kind of knew. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, you wanted to talk to us, so that's, <laughs> that's that. Yeah, we can tell by your guests. <laughs> yeah. How long have you guys been doing your videos on YouTube? Not long. That's very recent. I think uh, the first one was, what, five months ago, four months ago? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, we just started that. Um, uh, oh, it didn't start as that. We uh, we were just cutting together some videos that, or Tony was cutting together some videos he had made for his friends, and he asked me to do some host segments, and I did, and he was like, hey, Maybe we can do this on YouTube. 
So we did, and yeah, we we got the few videos out, and it was fun. Um, we plan to do more soon, hopefully. Yeah. I think the first thing I saw of you was that that review of uh, Las Vegas Bloodbath. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a yeah, good I like I like that review. And now oh, I know I got the wrong you. copy. I got the wrong copy. I know that. Awesome. Yeah. You got the wrong one. You got the you got the DVD cut. Yeah, I got the one where the that that scene that that scene with the mud wrestling girls is way too long where they're yeah oh, just yeah. hanging out and talking. Yeah. Lots of like padding with pizza and cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the DVD version. It's a yeah. bootleg, so I know what version I had. <laughs> that word is one of the worst things that you can run into when it comes to SOV movies. And what? Padding. padding? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that for people who are just not in the SOV and listen to this, like, oh, I want to get in the SOV. And then I mean, everybody does, does it. Everybody does it to make their movie fucking long enough. But it's, yeah. we know when it's happening, it's annoying. <laughs> oh, in Hollywood yeah. movies, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not just an SOV thing, paddings and uh, many, many films. Anytime you see someone park a car. <laughs> it's usually when I take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Chester Noble Turner's movie is so on great. He told us on the show, you know how he, you know what his dip, duplication studio was? He What's had up? two VCRs hooked up to each other, and he would yep. copy one off the master tape. And take them to the video stores. Mm-hmm. That's oh, how I'm editing my new short right now. Yeah. That's how, you know, uh, I started as well with two VCRs, and that is, I, I feel sorry for anyone who does that. It's very difficult, you know. It's That's some tough yeah, editing. It'll be my first time doing it because, you know, my other two movies, of course, like, there's no editing really. Right. This one will have actually have editing. I have to because it's like all kinds of crap I got to take out. <laughs> gotcha. Well, hey, I can help you out, Gore. And and I just want to say uh, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Gore Phelps movies, please hit him up. Get a copy of his movies. They're great. Uh, me and John Burrell are both big fans of his work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's pseudo snuff. So if you're not into that, you probably it's probably not for you. But uh, I mean, I, I love your stuff, Gore. I really love what you're doing, man. Thanks I He's not doing his stuff so he can look like a hardcore badass. <laughs> we know. No, yeah, no. I I appreciate your work and yeah, I'd like to see more of it. And <laughs> we had a really great day watching both of your <laughs> movies. I know um, my second one's not my second one. A lot of people like don't even want to watch because there is some rough content in there. Even though sure. it's, like it's a little, it cheap. is, it's a little rough, but like I still, I can say like it gave me a reaction. It made me feel certain things, and that's like kind of what I'm looking for because a lot of movies yeah, these I, days are like fucking. I gotta admit, I, yeah, I did get a couple. I got a couple of orders and trades thanks to you because they want to know, well, what's this movie that Zombarella is well, even too extreme for her? Heck yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> 
They won't know what's too yeah, extreme for John Bell. Like, yeah. It's one of those like, ew, I don't want to watch this no-budget snuff film, but I'll watch the Serbian film. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say genital gore birth mutilation is way better than Serbian film. Yeah, and yeah. It's very similar in tone. That should go on the re-release. That, should, yeah, that quote should go right on the re-release. Yeah, without the padding. <laughs> Only thing I really liked about a Serbian film was the soundtrack. It's just so dirty. Oh. Uh. Yeah, the music. It mm-hmm. just sounds like a dirty porno. Something you'd see in a filthy porno. That's about the huh. best thing about the movie. <laughs> Yeah. I'll say this, it's definitely one of those movies that, you know, I think anytime, you know, it's one of those like Cannibal Holocaust or even, uh, you know, the second film from Gore, you watch it and it definitely gives you some kind of emotion, you know. Uh, yeah. Whether you feel good about yourself afterwards or not, <laughs> or not. probably doesn't matter because, you know, that's what good art does. Good art right. makes you feel emotion. And we watch these films because we want, we want the heebie-jeebies. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what scene out of Blue, Blue Grit <laughs> film, I forget how to pronounce it right, messed me up the most? Which one? It, uh, it's the scene from Der Todderskin where it just shows that bridge and then it just shows that name, and then it just shows the names of people. I'm sorry, what film are you talking about? The Death King, King from, uh, King from the guy well, who did the Next King. King, yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, that one in years. moment where they're, like, too. watching, uh, just filming this bridge, and then it just shows names. And slowly but surely, you catch on what the heck this all means, and then that just reaches out and slaps you in the face once you catch once you catch on. Right. Yeah. And that's what's great about a lot of those uh, German flicks. You know, they they really did do that. You know, they push they push the boundaries as far as what you do in a film and how crazy. You know, I mean. You know, content can be pushing the limits of bad taste, so to speak. <laughs> or as yeah, the infamous they, they, documentary that he made, "Corpse Fucking Art." <laughs> right. Yeah. Great title. <laughs> I always love the poster for that documentary. It's such a great poster. Yeah, back in the 90s, they took yeah, – going back to SOV, that's when we started the tape training thing, and we started getting stuff like uh, uh, the German films, uh, the Japanese stuff, the guinea pig, angel guts. You'd also see like stuff like the Todd Sheet stuff, the Hugh Gallagher movies, you know. Those were heavily yeah. bootlegged yeah. as well. Yeah, that's how I, I got mean, into it a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of us, we got into this stuff by uh, watching the weird bootleg. <laughs> yeah, I used to get those uh, mixtapes. Like, friends of mine would make me mixtapes because I didn't have any anything really to trade right. them. So they'd be like, give me five bucks and I'll fill you up a tape with gore. And I was like, do nice. that a couple times over mm-hmm. and I got all these good mixtapes. 
Right. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> Did you, have any of you ever seen the Farting Preacher mixtape? No. <laughs> what it is is it's this preacher, Robert Tilton, and it shows him sitting in a chair. And whenever he moves in the chair or says something, someone dubs in a fart noise. Oh, I heard a clip of that, I think. The band Skinless yeah. used that as an intro to one of their songs, I think. He's singing, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, and all you hear is like, in the background. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, I heard a clip of that. It became a whole the industry. There's like maybe 50 or 60 of them where people just take it and do their own dubs. Yeah, I've definitely heard clips from it. I didn't get to see it, though. Yeah, that's the, one of the coolest things about the mixtapes. It didn't make people watch mixtapes. It made their own mixtapes. Oh, there's a ton of great mixtapes there. I mean, the mixtape was kind of a weird little... Uh, Thing you know, but they're fun. I like mixtapes. Like gore scenes, I, I used to make something similar as well. You know, we try to cut all the gore scenes together from movies. You know, just so we could sit there and watch the kills over and over again. You know. Yeah, I always thought about making one with like chainsaw killings, like all my favorite chainsaw killings, and like right, just all together, mm-hmm. something like that. I. I've seen this one where they took, like, kills from slasher films, real brutal ones. But they dubbed over sounds from the Three Stooges on them. Oh, nice. <laughs> so imagine somebody getting head, getting hit in the head with a machete, but you're like, Donk! <laughs> okay, yeah. That's funny. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird how the 90s underground scene created so much creativity. Did you ever hear of a mixtape called Insuring Yourself a Place in Hell? <laughs> no. no. That's an no, infamous one from back in the... <laughs> it's a real infamous one. They they have a couple... It's it's these it's these videos that you don't know if they're real or not. Like there's one called Grave Robbing for Morons. And there's this dirt-covered kid with like a skull... That's the first one that it's, he's talking about, like, all these ways of, like, robbing graves and making money. And then there's one, my favorite one's called Mortuary of the Dead. I think I've actually, seen some of that footage before. It's, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably in a few mixtapes. And that's the funny thing about those mixtapes is, you know, like, yeah, obviously people just make them. So you get all these crazy clips from all sorts of who knows where. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my favorite one from the there was called. popular one of the clips. Good old Bud Dwyer. Oh, oh sure, yeah. yeah. I've seen all of them, yeah. <laughs> it's really impossible to get a mixtape without getting the Bud Dwyer footage. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely one of the crazier moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you could get almost any kind of weird crap you wanted during in the tape trading scene in the 90s. 
Yeah, I would see lists with these crazy ass names on them. I'd be like, Yeah, I want this one and this one. Let's put this on the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And did you know yeah. uh, Mike Patton from Face No More made one? I don't think I don't, I don't think I heard about that one. Yeah, it's called Cinema Bizarro or something, but it had all sorts of bizarre clips. Only reason he signed it is uh, it had this five-minute clip of him calling a sex line and just speaking in the weirdest voice ever, trying to get a hooker lined up. And asking, asking the what the booker to do should do the weirdest things ever, like will she uh, stand on her head and recite the alphabet while I'm licking her pussy? And can she do it backwards too? What stand? No, recite the alphabet. Uh. Can any of you guys recite the alphabet backwards? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. No, this is a weird. This is a weird thing. Like we, I used to go to uh, Mexico like every other weekend, and um, we were coming back. I, I, I went with my family, like my mom, my dad, my sister, and <laughs> we were coming back, and like. My sister is, like, a little tanner, and she has curly hair. And they were like, surely she's not part of your family. And she was, like, 10 at the time, mind you. And uh-huh. and the Border Patrol agent was like, hey, say the alphabet backwards. To a fucking 10-year-old girl. And my parents were like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, anyway, sorry. That just reminded me uh-huh. of a thing from my childhood. <laughs> it was very the most- bizarre. Yeah, and the most famous yeah, one I, I hope you have heard of is uh, Death Tapes, the one that Anton LaVey narrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had a couple of those. That's the weird shit we watched in the 90s in my 20s. That's why we're all fucked up now is because we was watching that shit. And we would <laughs> yeah, just probably, yeah. pay money to get them mailed to us. Yeah. What are you guys' um, favorite uh, SOV titles? I'll let you go first, Gorfell. <laughs> so, what are some of my favorite some of my favorite SOV titles? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely uh, my favorite two in the Guinea Pig series: uh, Flower, Flesh, and Blood, and Mermaid in the Manhole. Also. Uh, uh, Heiko Fipper, uh, the German director, his movie *Das Kama Brutal Duell*, like that—that that is that's high up there. Also, *Burning Moon*. I, I like *Splatter Farm* a lot. That's definitely my favorite Polonia Brothers movie. And I just got to see the the, uh, the original cut recently. Uh, the first three *Violent Shit* movies. Uh, this is this is so many. Like I I really I, I like the the first Donald the first three Donald Farmer movies, uh, Demon Queen, oh, yeah. Cannibal Hookers, Savage Vengeance. 
You know, another great uh, one of my favorite Donald Farmers is uh, Red Lips. I still got to see that one. Yeah, that's got Michelle Bauer and uh, Getty Chase, um, the girl from uh, Erotica and uh, Horror Girl. Horror Girl. (laughs) Oh, I got to see that one. Oh, it's good. That's great. Oh, Donald Farmer is awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that my turn? Oh, we don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped out for a minute. I just joined back. <laughs> he, he had to take a break. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Horror Girl, which is one of the ones we reviewed. Um, I ju- just watched Church of the Dan, but it's a Polonia Brothers film, and like, it's a fucking surprising movie. These ki- guys were. 15 years old when they made this thing and it was fucking great. I like even some of the effects were like it, I I don't know, like well, effects are great, yeah. It's fucking great. I loved it. Um I got to order that one. I didn't even know that was really their first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it, it it wasn't released until like 2013, I believe, uh you know, it was kind of an unfinished movie, but I mean, it, it plays like a full movie. It, it's it's a great film, like Zombarella said. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's it, I was I didn't expect it to be what it was, and it's fantastic. I'd watch it again. Well, you know what I love about the Colonia Brothers is like <laughs> they they will do anything. They do not let budget get in the way of yeah. their film. I think they, you yeah. know, they write their scripts first, you know, and if yep. they're going to write a, a space movie and they don't have money for spacesuits, they're going to make their own, you yep. know, out of yeah. what they have at home. And yeah. that's what I love about shot on video is kind of that DIY punk rock kind of spirit, you know, of like, sure. I maybe, maybe I don't have a million dollars, but I'm not going to let that stop me from, you know, making my film and, and seeing through my vision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially Splatter Farm. When I, that was my introduction to them. When I saw that, yeah. I couldn't believe what great. they did with the budget they had. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. And that's how grotesque that movie is, you know? Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because they really, you know, they had – kind of different parts of their career they started off really making those really gory films and then got more into like a sci-fi type vibe for a while yeah you know yeah. now mark's doing stuff for uh dave sterling you know a bunch of those yeah. like, remakes and or sequels yeah well by favorite sov movies yeah I, I can't just pick one i just kind of throw out some of my favorites uh uh Las Vegas Bloodbath has always been a favorite of mine. That's a great one. Though. I love that one. Um, <laughs> Blood Lake. Blood Lake is another favorite of mine. Um, I love Goblin by Todd Sheets. Yeah. I know Todd yeah, hates good. that movie, but it's it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Um, I love the films of Hugh Gallagher. I mean, it's tough to pick a favorite, but I love uh, – Gorotica, Gore Horror, those are probably my favorites of his. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I there's so many movies. SOVs, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah. can't forget about J.R. Bookwalter and Ozone. I mean, Ozone was like, wow, this is almost like a, you know, professionally made movie shot on video. I mean, that's a great one. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So so many great games have been, you know, movies have been shot on video, you know. Yeah. And I think it's all about the filmmakers. The filmmakers are really interesting to me, you know. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, uh, Chester Novel Turner, you know, and Donald Farmer and the Polonia Brothers. I mean, all these guys are so interesting and their stories are so interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was one of the best screens I ever went to. It was a screaming of uh, Donald Farmer's uh, Shark Exorcist. Oh, nice. Just talking 40 minutes to him about uh, Dave Friedman. I was just in heaven. Oh, wow, I bet. I bet. (laughs) Gotta love Dave Friedman, the, the king of exploitation right there. Yeah. I have to say my favorite is uh, definitely Leif Yonaker's Darkness. This guy did that movie when he was 15, too. Which one? Darkness. Darkness. Um, oh, yeah, the Leif Yonaker movie. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. That one's actually coming out on Arrow uh, early next year. That's film, though, too, isn't it? I thought that was shot on Super 8. It is. Yeah. But he released it well, he released it straight to video and sold it like five 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 in the back of uh Fangoria magazine. Five 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 is the only right. movie to be released straight to the back of Fangoria magazine. Oh, there are oh, lots five, of five. that were straight to the back of the Fangoria magazine. Yeah. I love looking at those old issues and, you know, some of the the crazy horror titles. That was always the best part of Fangoria was those ads in the back. Oh, yeah. Different, yeah, you know, low-budget no budget films. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've already got my favorite really, title of those. It's like where I inspire to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's our dream. I just wish it the movie was as good as Yeah. <laughs> I just wish this movie was as good as its title was, and that is the bloody horror video that made my aunt Gertrude puke. Mm-hmm. I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why couldn't that movie be as good as the title? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Did any of you guys have a uh, basement set on DVD? Oh, yeah. That's a nice set. Yeah, that's a nice set. And if you love Shadow Video Horror, one of the necessary sets. Yeah, I'm trying to. What, what were the other movies that came in that set? Because the basement was uh, shot on Super Meat. That's a great one, too. Yeah, uh, the basement, uh, Video Violence 1 and 2, Cannibal Camp Out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And who can forget, I mean, yeah, Video Violence, gosh, Gary Cohn, those movies were great. Yeah, you know? yeah, I like them a lot. And Camp Video, that was another great video label, you know, they put out, like, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and uh, Death Row Diner, that's another SOV not a lot of people talk about, but can't put that out, I love that one. With yeah, Ray I wish I could get a copy of Dollar. Yeah, you, you know, that's the other thing, is like, gosh, you know, 
being a fan of these types of movies, if you want to own the, the a, a legit copy, is not easy these days. No. You know? Yeah. I paid so yeah. much for some tapes. You know, it's it's ridiculous what you'll pay for a movie. It is. I was just telling Tony I was looking for a Black Devil Doll from Hell and Quad Ed Zone, the the double. And it's already out of print. Yeah. It's out of print and it's fucking. Uh, the DVD set is out of print. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I got it then. Yeah, I got yep. one right before like the price just went way up. Damn it. Yep. Son of a why gun. Did, <laughs> why did they go out of print? Is Mask of Radio did it go under? No, no, they're still going. And he'll he'll maybe put those out again. Who knows, you know? Yeah. For, I mean, yeah. The whole out of print thing oh. is so funny anyway, because movies go out of print and then they sell for hundreds of dollars. Right. It happens. And then they come out yeah. again and then they're worth nothing, you know. Right. Like five <laughs> yeah. years later, you it's like, that that's why they should. Uh, you know, you guys know Dead Alive or Brain Dead, right? Oh, yeah. of course, yes, yeah. love, yeah. yeah. Well, I picked up the Blu-ray because I needed a four dollar ninety-five cent. Freaking Blu-ray to fill out and make my order even. <laughs> and then three weeks later, I looked it up on Amazon because someone was like, "I wish Dead Alive was out." I'm like, "What are you talking about? It's out, eighty-nine dollars." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I got a copy of uh, Tales from the Quadet Zone sealed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I think the tape was mauled, but uh, probably the last tape of that I heard sold for like well over a thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, it's insane yeah. what these tapes cost now. You know, it's insane. Yeah, didn't, didn't well, well, you know why don't you? <laughs> huh? Did you know why it costs so much, it? don't you? Well, of course they charge a whole bunch because they can. Yeah. No, there's really? only like 30 to 35 verified copies known to exist. What? Yeah, there was. There's more than that, and it, see, that's the thing. And I think this happens a lot in the in the collecting communities, is all because certain people haven't heard of something they presume it d- doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like no, all I because I'm not of it. Because I hear that a lot in collectors, like, oh, this movie's rare, that movie's rare. And I'm like, you know, I've heard people say Blood Lake is le- rare, you know. I saw Blood Lake in just about every video yeah. store. I've yeah, yeah, my my friend was giving me you know what I mean? Blood it, Lake and Sleepaway it, Camp. It, for... You know, <laughs> but nowadays some people tend to remember it not correctly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tony, no, Tony well, what about... the thing is this, and that's what, this is what you're not thinking. Most of the people who had copies back then treated them like crap or like when a lot of video stores went under, they either resold the tapes to distributors who would erase the tapes and record over them, or they would just throw them in the garbage. Yeah, like the brain sucker. Brain sucker. (laughs) Yeah, I got thrown in the garbage. I wanted to get a copy and, like, couple of people I talked to were like, oh, I, I would have sold you mine for 10 bucks, but I threw it away when I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that one, that one, yeah, it goes for a lot now. Yeah. I only have a bootleg yeah. of that myself, you know? Yeah, me too. Me too. 
And, and, and well, you know, that's what I hate. It's the only known Blu ray copy that exists, and it looks a hell of a lot better than the DVD that's legit. So, hey, I just want a good, high quality copy. I don't want to spend the world. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what, and that's what, you know, I, I, we're running a DVD company at SOBHorror.com, and, you know, we we got a couple releases out, and, uh, you know, we put out Metal Nord, 1990 SOB, about to put out uh, another Purveyors of one. Blood. Oh, Purveyors of Blood, another one, our newest yeah. title. We just, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, it, these movies need to be seen by people. I think that's the thing, is I think shot on video, you know, when you think about it, it's actually very innovative, and people take for granted now that you can make a movie on your phone, that you can do all that. But, you know, it wasn't easy for those guys to edit those movies on TV. Oh, no, yeah. It wasn't easy to work with the limitations they had. And you you talk to a lot of the filmmakers, and they, you know, some of them have re-edited their movies. Yep. And because, obviously, they are better filmmakers now. They have better techniques now. But it was an amazing time. I mean, everything's shot on video now when you think about it. They shoot every movie now on red camera. I mean, that's in a sense, that's video. I mean, it's data files, but it's the same thing. You know, it's digital. Yeah, it's it's updated, but it's still the same, like, same thing in a way. Yeah, and these and, guys who were uh, shooting on video, they were the innovators. They were the first guys to really do it. And and the sad thing is a lot of people shit on shot on video movies. And I'm just glad that people are starting to turn around and accept them for the cool, neat movies they are. Yeah, like... And that's what we're all about, you know? That's that's oh, what I'm know. all about, is just kind of preach the love. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, I love the stuff. I mean, that stuff I read as a teen and the kid, and I liked it a lot better than some of the bigger studio stuff. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they take chances, you know. They take chances. Like, uh, one of my favorite DTV classics, direct to video, not shot on video, yeah. is uh, Gorman Blanchard's Psychos in Love. Oh, hell, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> love Psychos in Love. I hate fucking greats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is twist at the end. I like raisins. Sorry about the raisins bad are great. I don't know if you can hear that. No, they're not. And then it had that whole credits theme with like different titles for the sequels. Uh, Cycles of Love Two. Fuck you, raisins aren't grapes. <laughs> no, that's a great. Cycles of Love Five. That. Okay, raisins are grapes, but fuck you anyway. And I love that that, that actor. Uh, what's his name? I think it's Car Carmine Cubiano or something. I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. He's also in the movie Galactic Gigolo. <laughs> He's the lead in that one. That's another one of my favorites. That was also put out by a uh, you know Full Moon Ooh. under one of their video <laughs> levels. I like. I just like the title, Galactic Gigolo. Oh, you would love Galactic Gigolo. <laughs> I probably would. He's like an eggplant from outer space who wins a game show to come to Earth to have sex with as many women as he wants as a human. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> the game show. It's, it's, it's a great movie. If you like Psychos in Love, check out Galactic Gigolo. It's one of those underrated classics. Have any of you guys ever seen or heard of the art classic from the 80s, uh, 
oversexed rub suckers from Mars. Heard the title, never seen it. Yeah, you gotta love that title though. I like the title. I, I'm I'm actually surprised neither of us have seen that yeah. one. Well, obviously, like we said, tapes are rare and stuff's hard to get. title, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You come across yeah. Very often. I mean, when I got the DVD when it came out, 90% of the people, including the guy at the dealer table at the convention, saw me. He's like, why are you buying that shit? Why are you buying I'm like, this? how many other movies do you have where a UFO comes to Earth and causes a vacuum cleaner to come to life and have sex with a bum? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and that's what's great about B movies, you know, is they'll do stuff like that. You you'll you have filmmakers who are willing to just be crazy and weird and experimental. Yeah. You know? Like I said, you don't get that in the more mainstream Yeah, they're not as risky. Know. They're not risky. Um but they have more to lose where like whereas we are like this is like no budget, and like we want to push the envelope a little bit. I don't know. Well, you gotta make some um, way to stand out. If you can't make it stand out by spending ten million dollars on it, yeah, make it stand out by having the killer replace his penis with a machete and run around with it hanging out and trying to stab people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, with stuff like Darkness, The Dead Next Door, uh, Shattered Dead, they were definitely trying new. They were definitely in necromantic. They were definitely uh-huh. crossing new boundaries. Oh, yeah. They weren't yeah. just yeah. doing, uh, no insult to you, Gorefield, gore for gore's sake. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I've been a big fan of gore. Like it's in my, it, you know, like usually the gore you the better. But I like I like good stories too. So like yeah, I'm usually there for the bloodshed pretty much. That, that's why well, we like that's you. Well, necromantic, you're there for the bloodshed, <laughs> but it has, but it tells a bizarre story to go with it. It's got a great atmosphere, definitely. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, besides the obvious, like there's just something about it. Like it's just like the atmosphere is just crazy like on top of what's going on just the, the way it was made just like everything that's going on like it's just something i can't describe but it's just like something it like an added atmosphere to it it's just like oh it's just great i don't i don't know how to describe it but yeah it's definitely a great movie and like yeah. with zombarella's house of horrors when did Jens decide to go well, we could make a normal anthology. Let's make something different. Well, we actually, I mean, like, when when we started, it was, like, we were doing, we were cutting together Tony's videos, and he wanted me to, like, post some segments for his friends. And um, it started as just, like, for fun, whatever. Like, I was doing that for 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 her friends. Yeah. She for, was helping for my, out my, some videos. Yeah, but. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it kind of evolved from there. Uh, we we started a YouTube thing, and then we did the the Zombarella's House of Horrors, which is a kind of a 
extended version of what I did originally for for our friends, but um, we got we were lucky enough to get stuff from Tim Ritter, and uh, yeah, so. Well, in the movie, you know, th- that movie pretty much comprises my last 20 years of filmmaking. You know, there's some of my earliest work is in that film. I mean, I have earlier, but, uh, you know, it's probably the, the last 20 years. A lot of those trailers and commercials are all recut things from stuff I shot, you know? Yeah. Yep. Like one of the drug commercials is from a music video, you know, like just random things that I shot over Which the years. Which are great. I love drug commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Repurposed. You know what you should have done, man, as an inside joke to yourself? On the spine, put a tiny little volume 20. Well, you know, uh, we're, we're already uh, thinking of making a Zombrella's uh, House of Horrors Part 2, so... We may get to volume 20 eventually. We might. We can. You know, I hope we can. Yeah. You know, I hope we can. I'll get them. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to see Blood, yeah. Blood Lake we're, we're, with a full audience last year. Yeah. yeah, we want you to be a part of it because yeah. we like you. And also, we like your accent. I mean, I like your accent. Your accent. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. We're flirting with Gore. I'm so no. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no flirting or loud unless it's on video. You bet. I didn't know. I didn't know what. Yeah, the you gotta flirt with the host. I didn't know what the rules were. Hey, Steve. No, I said no flirting loud unless it's on video. Videos are easier to sell. Yeah. Yeah, we're filming this right now. You might not know. <laughs> no, <kidding>. we're not. <clears throat> we're not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, yeah, seeing Blood Lake with a full freaking audience was just an amazing experience. Oh, wow. Did you get to see that with an audience? Yeah. The Knoxville Horror wow. Fest uh, festival down here, they showed it during their first night. The movie oh. had it as soon as it was like, I'm just a gardener. That's good enough for me. Stab. Right. Oh, that opening scene, yes. That gets you in the mood for that film. You know, I love I love Blood Lake so much because it's one of those movies, you know, where it's obviously a bunch of kids going to the lake, having a good time, making a horror movie, you know, and uh, you're with them playing quarters. <laughs> you know, you're with them when they water ski. I love the music from Voyager, you know. <laughs> And and what makes that movie is definitely uh, the little Tony character, you know. With I, uh, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, I got partner. me some beer and I got me a woman. I'm ready for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yep. I like how he actually said sex partner. I want to get a sex yeah. partner. Yeah. Sex partner. Yeah. Well, it has one of the best reasons for a killer to kill somebody ever. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, your mom and dad. Well, her mom and dad brought this property from him, but they didn't pay him. Mhm. Okay. <laughs> yes. That don't work, does it? No. I mean, if it did, oh, I'd be getting free DVDs that way all the time. <laughs> hey, I'll buy you a DVD. <laughs> Just give it to me. 
I'll see you later. Talk about a, an amazing ending, though, you know, with the leg dried up at the end. and uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it, any, the first time you see Blood Lake, you kind of do have that mind fuck moment at that point, point when you realize the lake has dried up, you know. And that yeah, was just you heard the story of what really happened with that, right? Well, yeah, there was an earthquake, and yeah. Yeah. All, all the water. And then they just yeah. decided to spend five minutes of him standing there in front of the lake. <laughs> right. Well, I interviewed, I interviewed uh, Tim Boggs. I actually went and met Tim Boggs, the director of Blood Lake. This was like in 2011, around then or something. And, uh, yeah. Tim Boggs is the coolest guy ever. The guy who made that movie. Tim is, he, he should become a motivational speaker. And he's he's actually very successful now. He's a very successful sound engineer. He works on like a bunch of big shows. Sound producer, does all the sound. and Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. And that's why we love these movies is because they have heart. You know, Tim had heart in that movie, you know, and it shows, you know. And I think the yeah, great, great SOBs, it does show. Or there are some other SOBs where you can kind of tell they're maybe more made for money, you know. Like, yeah. I do love Blood Cult, but I feel Blood Cult was made more for money than it was mm-hmm. as, you know, a legit love for the horror genre, yeah. you know. Well, you know yeah, why they it, had to make it for money, don't you? Well, of course, because it was cheap. They realized we could shoot on video, and hell, why not market it as it? Because at that point, no one had, you know, and... And it was kind of the first time a movie had done that, you know? Yeah. Oh, and no, cover, they needed to afford a lighting like package. Iconic. Huh? They needed to afford a lighting package. Oh, sure, yeah, and it's a lot more for the film light, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, why didn't they write in the script, we have candles surrounding wherever the cult is? Just so they could have some freaking lights. Well, you know, and that kind of brings up, you know, just the whole, what if these movies, you know, a lot of people look down on shot on video movies, but I think a lot of the times if these movies were shot on film, they would be way more appreciated today, you know? Sure. Yeah. Not, blood gold, yeah. not anything. Those pieces well, of shit with no talent. Not blood <laughs> to some of us. I mean, I, sure. I, still, I still love blood cold, but. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and yes, I did get my apology from Tom Savini. From Tom Savini? Yes, he has promised. He has promised that everyone who had seen The Ripper, he will personally apologize to them if they were in or seen it because his name was on the box. Oh, I gladly saw The Ripper. Oh, The Ripper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that movie was really freaking gory for back then. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, it's got some pretty nice gore effects. I know Tom Savini didn't do them, but uh, there's some nice gore in there. Ripper's cool. It's just a little over long. They probably could have cut, you know, 15 minutes out of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Don't but, say a guy's the star of your movie when he's only in it for 2.5 minutes. Yeah. No, for right sure. Right at the end, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think we were all disappointed when we first saw that, you know, but uh, I love that movie. It's just cheesy. It's fun, you know. It's fun, you know. Oh, we're forgetting (laughs) one of the kings of the cheesiness, but it's sad that he had to sell to Troma, and that's Redneck Zombies. Oh, Redneck Zombies is a classic. Classic. Yeah, I love that one. 
that should have been in my favorites list. I mean, it's probably in a Gore's favorites list too. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, me too. How could we forget that one? What a great movie! And that very messed up uh, tobacco man character. Good tobacco Lord. Man. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was that was oh, creepy stuff right there. I mean, it's. I like it when they do that. Like, we got no money, so let's just go 200% weird. Yeah, they did that. Well, you know, uh, those. Uh, I, uh, I've interviewed Ed Bishop, who uh, kind of helped make that movie with Pirko's Lunas. And uh, once again, man, those guys, they were just big Dawn of the Dead fans, and they wanted to make a crazy horror film. And. And they did, and what a great movie it is, you know. I mean, that movie deserves more props probably than it gets, you know. Fun movie. Well, the problem is, is that most people, this isn't an SOV thing. This is a trauma thing. Most people will mm-hmm. see, oh, this movie's on trauma. It must be crap. Yeah, just got at it. Sure, sure. Yeah, if I remember but correctly, that was the one other of those... side that why because it is trauma, you know. I mean, sure, yeah. It goes both have ways. Have the whole like fucking festival and shit. I mean, that I love Toronto. I would, I would go. They, they, they put out a grind exploitation, which my cannibal, our cannibal hookers from ba- cannibal vampire call girl hookers from outer space part three <laughs> is featured in. Yes. You know, and it was an honor to finally have something put out by Troma. I mean. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, you almost amazing. had it. You forgot two words. Wait, what? Oh, I didn't. Cannibal Vampire. Cannibal Vampire. All girl hookers from outer space. All girl hookers. Part three. From outer space. Part three. Yeah, if you were revenge, it would have been the perfect exploitation title. Revenge of the Cannibal Vampire. Oh, well, we've we've made three of them (laughs) now, and uh, who knows, maybe part four might happen soon as well. We were talking most about movies this. with the revenge on it have nothing to do with revenge. <laughs> well, and that's a sequel. That's a sequel to Blood Cult. That's what's funny about Blood Cult Two is Blood Cult Two is called Revenge. Yeah. Not Blood Cult Two, just Revenge. Yeah. Can I, I heard that was uh, the distributor screw Patrick Wayne is the star of that film. Oh. Patrick Wayne, and that's shot on film, I believe, sixteen millimeter. Yeah, I think from what I read, that was a, the distributor script. It was supposed to be called Blood Cult 2, The Revenge. But then they said, oh, let's not call it Blood Cult 2. Let's just call it Revenge. Yeah, maybe so. I know it was put out by the same distributor, though, you know, United Home Video out of Oklahoma. Yeah. Which is pretty much VCI, you know, if you know that label. We watched it and loved it. We didn't care if it was crap back in the 80s. It was stuff we haven't seen. Sure. It's fun, you know. And the great thing is all those uh, movies, you know, that, uh, you know, it still continues. People are still making great movies. There's guys like Gorefeld out there, you know, and, uh, uh, Josh Terry, Michael Bellamy. I mean, there's there's a lot of people, you know, who got hard and who are still, you know, making stuff, which is great. Yeah. 
one thing I don't like is how uh, streaming, the big streaming companies and are well, the streaming companies period are treating guys like gore fills. with Netflix. Remember when Netflix was built on, you know, selling, you know, originally it was like Chris Siever movies and stuff like that, you know, I mean. Yeah, trauma, uh, Italian exploitation film. I was a happy guy. exploitation, small guys, and then once it's a proven market, they kick them out and uh, and push us out of the market, you know. Yeah, I don't think they really buy independence anymore. They just like, they just care about, you know, what what the next big thing is. Yep. No, they spent they spend a hundred million dollars making eighty year old men look like thirty year old men. Well they they just you know I mean platforms choose what you can view pretty much. That's what, what it is yeah. ultimately. You know, Amazon yeah. chooses what you can view. Yeah. You know, I, I work in the industry now and we have stuff on Amazon and we get stuff pulled down from Amazon. I mean you know, they choose what you can view, and yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, it would be nice it's if there was a small thing, and that way you could have a Zombarella you know, show every you Saturday night. Exactly, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's less uh, uh, What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Censorship. Fucking censorship. Yep, can't stand it. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's less censorship and them just getting boldly in face saying, "We don't think your movie can make us any money," which is sort of a bigger insult than cutting your film, because at least if they just cut it, they're saying your film's dangerous. We don't like that content. Well, and they were already doing that. I mean, they weren't allowing sexual content or much. Uh, you know, gore, they only allow that in the big mainstream films. Yeah. But when it comes yeah. to the indies, you know, oh, no, you got some titties in there. That's Sure. Can't have that. Yeah. Like, like the things we put on YouTube, like, yeah. like we had these things that were like, everybody could view it, and then YouTube was like, oh, wait, there's titties. There's a girl <laughs> bouncing her boobs. In yeah, the so they, like, they, yeah. they, like, I don't know what, what you call Don Barella's been flagged because I've been she flagged. likes to bounce her boobs. I've been fucking flagged. It's stupid. You've been flagged like on it. YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, so now, like, we have a few... A few of the things have to be... You have to, like, sign into your thing and prove your HTML up because <laughs> apparently there's too much nudity. I don't think... Is there nudity? Well, no, no. There's I don't no, even know. There's no nudity. It doesn't make sense. Like... Is it you bouncing your boobs? Well, actually, like it does make sense. Uh, another political way. You know what happens is you made the wrong person horny. <laughs> well, let's face it. We all, we all love uh, Zombarella's acid. We're all thankful yeah. for her story with the world. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I mean, it, sometimes it scares me what some people who are giving jobs as uh, moral things, what they consider perverted. Sure. What? Yeah, they got some weird standards. 
Yeah. I've seen content that was like PG-13 that was worse than what we're doing. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what their parameters are. I mean, are. you still allow nudity <laughs> in a PG-13. Sure, film, yeah. You know? Yeah, you and could see like a second of breasts. You see breasts. Yeah. Oh, sometimes more than a second. I think Critters, the first one, isn't that PG? And there's a huge, that's a long PG-13. naked. Yeah. Yeah. You Back know, when PG-13 had uh, like the you know, heads in Indiana Jones and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and that's the thing is they let the big studios get away with that, where the independents, yeah, I mean. Yeah. And God forbid you're doing something more on the fringe, you know. Yeah. Have you then, ever then seen that movie, uh, this movie hasn't been rated? Yes, yes. That's an interesting movie. Yeah, do you remember that bit with Wes Craven where he gets so angry that it's, like, scary? Talking about the NBA. No, yeah, that's that's a good one, talking about them. And that talks about that, yeah, the whole kind of two-sidedness of the MPAA. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, what's nice is today, like, we don't have to deal with that, you know, as indie guys, you know, guys like us and Gore Filth, like. Yeah, definitely. People people don't want us to rate our movies, nor are we going to rate them. What a joke, you know. Yeah. And it's unrated horror, you know, and, and for people who like well, that kind of stuff. Well, how much is uh, those Zombarella's uh, movies cost? Well, right now, uh, yeah, her movie, uh, Zombrella's House Horror, it's $13 on our website, sobhorror.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the rest of your stuff? Yeah, we, we got a few other releases. We got Metal Noir, which is a Los SOV from uh, David Williams. Uh, uh, how much that's, like, that's like sixteen ninety nine. I mean, we try to keep our stuff cheap, you know. I'm not I'm not getting yeah. rich making these. How much is your stuff for, Phil? Huh? How much uh, Gorefield or Adam? How much is your stuff? Well, I try to keep it as cheap as I, tr- I try to keep it as cheap as possible. I only got two shorts right now. They're, they're both uh, they're basically just DVDR and uh, slim jewel cases. I, you know, to try to keep it as cheap as possible. They're eight dollars each. Both my shorts that I have right now. More outside the so, U.S. To get to my point. You can buy three of Adam's movies and two of SOV's movies. What it would cost you to buy one Shout Factory ta- title. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. Well, yeah. you know, we're not making, we're not doing it for money, you know. We're we're doing it because we love making these crazy movies, you know. And we yeah. love shot on video movies and I love discovering a new movie no one's seen and try to get that out there for people to appreciate because there's yeah. so many great films people have never seen. It's amazing yeah. what's sitting well, out there. For me, it's, yeah. I it's love my movie. And I'm mm-hmm. more inclined to buy your movie if it's a lower price range than let's say I have like 80 bucks budgeted to go to a con and buy a movie. I'd probably be more inclined to get one of Gorefield's movies or one of yours than one of the bigger titles because they would take it and give it to me up the butt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's true. <laughs> That's great. 
also, yeah, I mean, like, we're not making anything off of it. It's more like the keep it going, keep it going, get it out, like, get yeah, we want to get you know, let people see what's half what, what we have to offer. I guess I'm just uh, all about it's I mean, like com, which is the website I run. I mean, ultimately, it's about preserving the history of shot on video movies. And that's what I have pretty much dedicated my life to. And, uh, you know, I, I have a ton of interviews. We're slowly releasing interview footage. And, yeah. you know, I just want to preserve the history of this genre of film that inspired have you got a me. Have a documentary and yet? Like well, you know, at one point I was going to make a documentary, and that still may happen. I don't know. You, you know? had a lot of interviews. I wish like you would, because I... Seen a couple that seemed like they were made by idiots who only watched one bit of the generation of um, of video movies. There's been a lot of documentaries already on it. And for me, I feel if I'm going to tell the the full story, it's not one movie. I mean, it's, and that's what I realized going through this footage and wanting to preserve the history is, this isn't one movie. I have interviews with almost 50 shot on video alumni. I mean, yeah. this, this is like history. This no, is, it's fucking this great. Is a have you ever seen But I still don't have everything because there is a story there. There really is a great story. And I, there's still some interviews I really need to get if I want to finish that story. And I'm hoping to get them someday, but. You know, at the same time, I'm trying to make my own films because I love making movies. I love making art, you know. And yeah. Son, do you know so, you realize you're heading for a bottomless black pit? Oh, I've been living in that black pit for the last 20 years. I think we all do. <laughs> we and, all do. It's, you know. Yeah, we're cool with like, There's this like, one I've seen on VHS <laughs> Fandom. It's the same one with... Gore feels to know because it's the same one that has David the Rock Nelson. And they have a five-minute bit on this woman whose passion is to buy VHS tapes and to put them on their shelves based on the colors of their covers. Oh, sure. Mm. That's probably funny. Sure. (laughs) No, it's kind of painful if you're one of those that's like, I buy VHS tapes. I buy DVDs because I want the movies. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. You buy them because you want the movies. I mean, yeah. Some it's people a, do a, just buy them because of the rareness. You know, that's the sad thing with the shot on videos as well. Is it feels you hear some of these people spend a ton of money on these videos and they go, yeah, that movie sucks ass, but it's rare, so I have it. You know, and it's like yeah. Yeah. How about a, like people pay really like three four hundred bucks for the two Chester yeah. novel journal titles. Yeah. How about a says you really like those movies? We want to enjoy those movies, you know. But that's that's the collector's market for you. It's always been that way. You know? I've never really understood the collector's mentality because most of them, and they're my fellow geeks, they. Put it bluntly there, idiots. It's capitalism. It's capitalism is what it is. It is. <laughs> Ultimately. It is. It's, uh, they buy it with the intent of making a profit, you know. It's capitalism. You know the original Dracula with Lugosi? Yeah. 
Oh, for sure, yeah. Classic. When the when an original title that was out of print comes back into print again, I usually sit and giggle like Renfield, thinking of all the people who bought <laughs> the out of print title as an investment. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know what? I hold no ill war towards anyone, you know. Collectors do their thing. Uh, yeah, and uh, like if you, if you don't know that. Uh-huh. If anything, you, and that's you, the main you, reason I asked you guys to be on there because you love the, you love the subject and you love making SOV movies. You're legit. For sure. You know, I've been debating uh, switching to HD recently, and and then I completely changed my mind and I'm like no I want to shoot on high 8 again and I'm about to shoot my next short film on high 8 you know that's my <laughs> <laughs> you know because there's something about that aesthetic there's something about that look there's something about that time frame and you know that's what I love about SOV and you know yeah you yeah, know what definitely. I think would probably be a holy grail you know, for you HD film, or I'd shoot it in 4K because I know I could sell it to companies. I know shooting in SD, I can make no money, but it's the aesthetic, it's the look, yeah. 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 You know what I think will be a holy grail for you? What's that? A VHS projector from the 80s. A VHS what? Projector. Have you heard of them? Was it just a projecting VHS? Yeah, it's like they took no. like a, they made like a movie, a regular movie projector, but you can use it. You can it has a VCR built in, and you can project VHS to it. Oh well, I've been uh, yeah. I mean, I, I project VHS on. Uh, I got a screen, you know, and a projector, and I project VHS up. Yeah. I, I yeah we me and Zombarello uh, we watched uh, or you missed that one Bloodthirsty Cannibal Demons yeah what I missed that one. No, you no, missed that yeah one. I missed the B I missed the B section sorry right now uh, <laughs> me and my lady were doing alternating A through Z horror movies and she kind of picked the one she wanted and I picked nothing but S O V movies so we just did D today which is Dirty Cop No Donut. Yep. And tomorrow, we're, or next time we're doing E, which is we're going to do Evil Maker, which is a John Bolker movie, another filmmaker I love. If you gotta ever get a chance to see Dirty Cop for No Donut 1 or 2, watch them. They're, yeah, they're great. Creepy. And Jody yeah. Weinkoop and Tim Ritter, I mean, both those guys, such talents. And they were some like of the early. I'll get that Halloween episode to you where he reads uh, Joe R. Lansdale's not from Detroit. He is so good at it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love Joel. And yeah. Joel's in our Joel's in Zombarella's movie. I mean, there's yeah. a trailer for Creep Two in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things right. that Joel's in. Yeah. yeah. And talk about an honor. I mean, for me, it's an honor. I, I grew up watching Joel and Tim movies, and yeah, they're they're both pretty. And Donald Farmer's has yeah. a brief one second spot in our film too. Yeah. 
I mean, it's an honor, you know, to have those uh, guys in our movie. I love Donald Farmer. I've had basically almost all of the guys. The only one I haven't had is uh, Leif Joniker, and that's because he's always been busy restoring right. yeah. uh, darkness. Well, hey, maybe when they get that out, you can get them, you know. Yeah. Oh, I definitely plan to. But the biggest honor was definitely Chester Novel Turner. I was shocked when I got him. That's great. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. It's how, like, some people like, you got a major movie star? I'm like, no, I got Chester Novel Turner. No, that's history. Who? That's history, you know, that's rare. And and his films are significant, and I think someday they'll, you know, I always think someday these films will get the recognition they deserve, you know. Yeah, oh, they already and have, because he, uh, he said when he first was uh, selling in the video stores, right. this black kid walked up to him, he said, man, did you make these movies? He's like, yeah, why? Man, you don't know how cool it is to see a horror film like this made by a black man for other blacks. Sure. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't even sure. thinking about that. He just wanted to make his movie. He's just making his movie. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's what, is cool, you know. Yeah. His heart was in the right place, you know. He... And that's why his movies are fun, you know. You can tell he's trying, and he's trying to do his best with the limitations he has. And, you know, and they're interesting films. I mean, Black Devil Doll from Hell, you know, is an, <laughs> 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 it's a classic. I mean, that's a classic of the Edzo B. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. in the top ten, you know. That's what a great movie. And Quad Ed Zone, too, you know. Look how improved the sound quality is from Black Devil Devil Doll from Hell to Quad Dead Zone. He was learning. Yeah. 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 I don't know. In Quad Dead Zone, there are there's still some moments, you know, where it's like yeah, there's moments, but it's not as bad. You could tell that you know he was actually trying to work to be better. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, he took on an anthology, you know. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think he was trying well, for something bigger with that film, from yeah. what he says. Yeah, you know, it was. Well, first, <laughs> now to wrap things up, uh, tell us. Uh, well, since he's early, I give you the same promo, Adam. Tell us where we can buy your stuff. And Probably the, the basically best. where people can give you money, and you can give them. Uh, your movies. Well, I have a Facebook page under my directing name, Gorefilt, and uh, if anyone's not on Facebook like I wasn't for a long time, just my email is chaosnoise at yahoo dot com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Gore stuff and is great. And we give you guys? We love Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, us we're at sovhorror dot com. And uh, tell them what you think of SOVHorror.com. Oh, <laughs> SOVHorror.com really turned me on. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I could um, do that better. S 
so
Thank you very Thank much. You. And good night. Good night. See you later. Bye. <laughs>
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.